0: Undercover Heroes podcast. Welcome to a new episode of Undercover Heroes. So welcome back to Undercover Heroes. This is a new episode. Today we have as a theme, climate students. I think it's a very interesting uh, episode today. Um, My name is Aris, but as you know, I'm not alone. I'm with my friend.
1: Amelie, how are you?
0: Very good. What about you?
1: Nice.
0: Would you like to start introducing maybe today's heroes?
1: Yes, today's a very special episode because we don't have only one hero. We have two heroes. (laughs) So our hero today is an initiative. It's also very special. It's the first initiative we are interviewing. And they are Klimatstudentena. And the first hero is uh, Emma Bergeling. Bergeling, that's Ber- right. Bergeling, and uh, she's part of the election committee and currently is doing her master's degree in sustainable development. And she was one of the co-founders of Klimatstudenterna, and she's not alone. She is here with Rosanna Striedel. And yeah. she is currently on the national part and in charge of social media and local groups. Yes, exactly. Yeah. And she and you're currently studying geography. Yeah. Nice. How are you two? Good. Good. It's yeah.
2: uh,
3: fun to be here. We have these professional microphones. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's very professional <laughs> and it's nice to come out from like inside of Uppsala and like see some other parts of the town too. It's really fun to talk about this stuff too.
1: Yes, we're so excited to have you here. Um, so, for the first question to match our theme of undercover heroes, what do you do to save the world? Well, um,
3: my perspective on this is like I've had a lot of like climate anxiety since I was a kid, but. Um, one of my lectures that i had in when i was studying sustainable development a a course was uh, like the climate psychologist they're mm-hmm. called and she mentioned like the best way to reduce your climate anxiety and like feel like you're actually doing something without having to go bet- back and forth with like what's your what you're supposed to do is to, like get engaged and talk with other people. So that's how I would say we're doing it. Um, because not only are we doing it like an, as an organization, but we're helping each other to not fall into these like pitfalls of well getting overwhelmed with the mm-hmm. like, issue and everything because mm-hmm. I think that's a really big problem that, that you can get like I think the term is called like climate apathy or like activism apathy that you get so overwhelmed with an issue. Mm-hmm. So I think it's so important to get engaged with other people. And like, actually, find an approach that works.
2: Yeah, and it's really important to like, sometimes be the one who's pulling everything, and then sometimes take a step back and allow each other to do that. Because mm. it is uh, tough issues to work with. It's like, mm. yeah, uh, harsh that it's not really going that well with our no. climate and mm-hmm. environment. So like, being engaged with this and currently like feeling like constantly feeling this is can be emotionally exhausting as well and i think that doing it together and feeling that uh, through the initiative that climate student is and that all the success that it has um has gained has really helped like actually feeling that okay you can actually do something this is not a situation Mm -hmm. that we're totally Um, bound to be in, we can change it. It's just the way humans do things. And if we do things differently, then things will be differently. Yeah.
3: Yeah. Also, I think like it's sort of a little bit therapeutic, too, because we have like these board meetings and very often there's like a pep talk because maybe sometimes people are tired or stressed or like overwhelmed or something. And then we just kind of, I don't know, comfort each other, I guess, um, because it is a really heavy subject, like you said. Mm. And this is like, we don't ex- invalidate those feelings. Mm. It's more like, you, OK, we this is a really tough situation and we're going to have to deal with that, but we can do it mm. together at least. So it's not like, oh, you can't feel this because now you're doing something or you're in such a privileged position, position, but. Yes, it's okay to feel that. We feel it, too. We can do something together about it, which is really nice. Mm. And it's a nice way to bond with people, too, yeah. especially young people, because if you only have, like, adults around you, mm-hmm. um, maybe you don't feel as listened to because they weren't educated in the same way that we are, and they, meet, they do. maybe they don't know about it as much as we do. So it's very nice to, like, share your pain.
1: <laughs> <laughs> that sounds really bad. Yeah. But, like yeah, like, yeah. share with other people. Yeah. yeah, And you also motivate each other, right? Yeah. I heard that you also sometimes say like go climate heroes. <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah, we're trying to be very enthusiastic towards e- each other and mm-hmm. acknowledging that we're actually taking a lot of our free time and doing all of these things for free just because we want to see a different future. Yes. And what we get out of that is of course a lot other things than like being paid mm-hmm. and uh, yeah. that's important to to strengthen each other and to constantly remind ourselves like, okay, we're doing this because it's a great thing to do and mm-hmm.
3: you're great for doing it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I think it's uh, just calling yourself a hero. It might sound a little ridiculous, mm-hmm. but like what else are you? Because there's this wide range of things you can do and you just stand there not having an idea what to do. But as long as you're doing something, you are sort of a hero. And I think that's really important to spread to people because often you get these like, you get indecisive about, oh, should I buy this? Should I buy that? Mm-hmm. Because you don't know which is worse for the yeah. climate. But mm-hmm. this is like a way, okay, I'm doing something and I'm doing it
1: mm-hmm.
3: with a purpose. So that makes me here, that makes this organization like heroic, I guess.
1: Oh, I uh, like that connotation.
0: <laughs> yeah, and that you have support among you, uh, all the members, that's nice. Yeah, exactly. That's nice. Um, we have um, a lot of international listeners, um, so maybe if you could help them explain in briefly what the uh, climate students, climate studenterna, um, does uh, and it's currently involved. Uh, yeah, because now we are in Sweden. Uh, yeah. Most of our listeners know, but uh, it would be nice maybe to hear yeah. what it's should about.
2: I, should I start with like the history, history and then you can go into what yeah, we're yeah. Okay. So, climate students started in um, Sweden here in Uppsala back in two thousand eighteen. So we have a four-year anniversary this um, this fall. Yay! Oh, <laughs> <laughs>
1: um,
2: and it really grew out of the frustration of a student studying sustainability and. Uh, learning about how extremely urgent it is Mm. to reduce our emissions and about the environmental degradation and then the disconnect between what we're being taught and what the very institutions that are teaching us these things are doing about it Mm. which is very little Um, and uh, even like I remember an awakening for me was when i read this article that climate scientists are among the highest emitters oh uh, yeah and uh, so it was like a disconnect between what we were being taught and what was being done even by the very institutions teaching it so we um there was uh, this girl rosemary sundström here at slu who came up with the idea to start climate students and uh, then we Uh, became a a handful of students here at SLU who were like okay but if not even the universities are acting in line with their own climate Mm -hmm. science then who will and we saw the potential for universities to become leaders instead and to actually implement their own climate science in terms of reducing emissions and uh, and, uh, that's Involves everything about universities' uh, activities, such as uh, flying to conferences, the way buildings are heated. Yeah.
3: Mm. Yeah. Exactly. Um, currently, we have we work in project groups mm-hmm. um, in the board at least. Uh, we uh, there's also many. I'm not sure how many there are, but I think it's about around ten. Uh, different local groups around Sweden. Uh, Uppsala University has one, SLU has one and Stockholm University. It's all over Sweden really. So one project group is something we call the local mobilization group Mm -hmm. and we are like the contact peoples for these groups. Like if they want help from the board or something they can contact us. And uh, one of the Biggest things that we're the most proud of is the ranking. We do this thing called the Climate Action Ranking, in which we send out uh, forms or surveys to the universities in Sweden, mm. where they can fill out like how do they measure their emissions? Do they measure them at all? And not only that, but like how much do you spend on like travel, mm. etc. Um, and then we release it as a ranking a couple of months later. Uh, I'm not in this group, but I know that they work really, really hard, and mm-hmm. it's amazing how much they can do in this time. And they also make a deal out of like the universities that didn't respond, mm-hmm. and it's super interesting. And then we try to get like press for it and try to share it. Yeah, and um, it's been on the national media a couple oh, wow. of times. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's really cool. It's a massive project, and uh, then we have an international representative. Who was doing the climate students movement uh, representative for us? Maybe you can talk a bit about that later. Yeah. And uh, one of the other really big ones right now is one called the Third Task, which is done in collaboration with uh, Stockholm Plus 50, I think. I need to double check that afterwards. (laughs) Um, But it's essentially a project like to help universities. Uh, become more like spread more information about climate and the concept what they've been doing for the past weeks is like going to Stockholm or different universities and speaking to researchers and teachers to try to understand it better and like film like videos and podcasts like this and it's they showed us a teaser just like last week and it's, it's looked really cool Another major or the organization has three pillars. So it's uh,
2: like advocacy, mm-hmm. the internal organization and internationalization. So another one that we haven't mentioned is the advocacy mm-hmm. part. I guess the ranking is kind of part of that. But we've also uh, done a lot of advocacy towards uh, the Swedish government and um, all the state universities mm-hmm. get their directives from the Swedish government. And in those directives, it's called, um, it's these letters that are sent out every year. It's like, okay, you should work with this. And they had nothing about sustainability in those, even though it's in the Swedish law. Um, So then we met the Minister of Higher Education a couple of times. And we did national petitions and uh, met also other members of parliament to try to impact them to actually every year give out the, um, the mission for the universities that they need to actively work to reach the goals of... Uh, we wanted to get in the 1.5 degree target of the Paris Agreement, mm-hmm. taking equity into account, but it didn't turn out that strict. It was more something like uh, reaching the goals of Agenda 2030, so a bit more vague. But still, uh, we got a paragraph in there that every year now the universities get it.
1: Oh, nice! That's a great achievement.
0: And how many members do you have? Uh, because you have presence across Sweden, um, and you mentioned some universities as well. Um, so, do you know how many people are currently involved?
3: Uh, in the board, I think we're about, I think we're nine or something.
0: Yeah, yeah. We've uh, never had a member uh, like
3: count. No, but um, there's going to be. I think there's going to be more people with the next board. I think one of them said that, that we're gonna elect more people, maybe.
2: Yeah, but yes, there's the national board, and then we have- Yeah, and then the, the local, local groups. groups is
3: very different. Mm. Um, yeah, they they mostly do their own thing. Okay. We've started sending out these like monthly updates uh, from the project, because we have these like project leader meetings, and then we send them the updates, like, this is what we are doing. Can you maybe share what you are doing? Mm. And then- uh, uh, a few times here, we have these like what we what we call the huge meetings <laughs> uh, in which we like invite all of the uh, local groups uh, to an online meeting where they can share what they've been doing and mm. if they want help with anything and such people from different cities yeah exactly yeah. Uh, it's very interesting because um, <laughs> there you can always see patterns like oh i wonder what this group is going to do because they have done a lot previously
2: <laughs> uh, mm, yeah at one point we had local groups from um, Blekinge, which is almost like the furthest south in Sweden, mm. and one group in Lulio, which is very high up north. So we covered all of Sweden. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <Nice. laughs> but I think we have also this online. Um, a platform or the Sama Bets yeah, exactly, uh, which might be the best indicator. It has a couple of hundred members mm-hmm. in it, where it's just a forum to be able to write, Oh, we are doing this project. Has anyone contacted their mm. vice chancellor before? How did you do it? da, da, da. Oh.
3: Mm. To, Yeah, yeah, it's a Facebook group for everybody, mm-hmm. I think, and yeah. I think previous board members are there too, yeah, yeah. And if somebody sends us a, like a request or something like, hey, can you please help me share this survey or something that we can post there if they want some help?
1: Was it challenging to cope with Cladosporium dendanum growing so fast? Because it seems like that. Some students got together and all of a sudden there's a huge national movement. in 40 years. So <laughs> With like a very impressive website and also so many Instagram pages and yeah. also so many achievements. It yeah. seems very structured, also a complete national board. Yeah, it was a crazy time mm-hmm.
2: uh, and it happened really fast. I, I did a course at Stockholm University that fall. And I had this lecture with Will Steffen, he's an mm. earth system Science scientist, and I think that was the first time I really grasped the the seriousness and how urgent um, things needed to happen. And on my way back to Uppsala from that lecture, I saw Rosemary's post, are you a student passionate about the climate, who mm. wants to act? And I'm like, yeah, 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 that's me. <laughs>
0: um,
2: so we all of us who were involved and really went into the uh, to this with a lot of energy and a lot of motivation mm. to uh just like this is crazy we need to we need to do everything now yeah. um and uh, yeah it was um overwhelming the response we got because then we sent out um uh, on Facebook, we spread the word, like, mm-hmm. okay, we're, we're starting this movement, and we, we kind of had a strategy to uh, sugar our uh, current status a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> but like, we're growing student movement in Sweden, and yeah. we were like, three people. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, And quite soon we were five groups, uh, I think Göteborg, Uppsala, Stockholm, Mm -hmm. and two groups in Stockholm Uh, that formally formed the organization and then it just continued to grow. I think the next spring we were already 10 and... So yeah, it was massive, and uh, it was a lot of work, and not as much studying during <laughs> that time. <laughs> uh, but it was so much fun, and um, we also like then filled the board with more members. And I think, uh, like at that point, we were only three or four people in the board. Now you're soon to be twelve, so it's also like developed over time. The, uh, to like, be able to handle the organization because mm. that we realized was not really sustainable to study full time and do this uh, no. as well. Ironically <laughs> enough. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: And uh, Rosanna, what about you in your case, uh, joining uh, the organization? What was your interest that, uh, your interest, uh, that connected you to uh, climate students?
3: Um, well, I've always been really interested in like sustainability itself, and I wanted to study something in that way. Um, but everything was so science oriented, uh-huh. um, so and I was really bad at math, so I couldn't <laughs> qualify for anything. So I took geography, and I complemented with some studies in sustainable development, development studies, and uh, law. But. Um, I'd always wanted to do more, like I saw my friends doing, they were getting engaged and stuff, they were doing work aside of their studies mm. and I, was like, I felt like I was missing something.
0: More practical.
3: Exactly. I wanted to do something on the side and I really wanted to get engaged in the climate question, but everything felt so big. Um, it felt kind of scary to join like an active activist group or something, but uh, one of the people from my hometown, who was a board member at the time? I think she shared on Facebook that the climate students were looking for new board members, and I, I applied. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I was really—I didn't think I would get in, but because like I had no grasp of like how big it was, but um, yeah. And then I was really happy that I got in. Uh, a little overwhelmed uh, at first because. This is. I was like, this is the national board. This is like the main organization, mm. and I've never done anything like this before. <laughs> but it was mainly that, I, like, I saw this as a chance to. It did. It seemed like an what? What would you say? Like a rational level for me, because it, it was other students and it was people from different backgrounds. It wasn't people mm. who were, like, very open with activist groups and stuff, mm. which kind of scared me at the time. So. They felt like they were on the same level as me, yeah. like-minded if you could say that. And I think that's something
2: we've always um, strived for as well to have really uh, as an open organization mm-hmm. and be like, okay, you want to get involved. You don't have to study a master's in sustainable development or no, whatever, exactly. like, <laughs> as long as you have this uh, passion and want to change, then like, yes, okay, that's what we're doing, come along. and. Uh, yeah, mm. learn from each other, and uh, we we'd never, I'd never done anything like th- this before. Like everything no. we've done, like we've also had these national conferences with uh, sixty people from all over mm-hmm. Sweden, and I was just like, okay, let's do this. So let's try, <laughs>
3: <laughs> and it kind of works yeah. out. and it's like the thing with like being level, like within the same level as everybody else, because when you come in, there is already a board. There are some people, mm. and then you are the new people and now it's been a few months. I've been in the board for, since like, I don't know, when was it, was it January, January maybe? Yeah, it should be January meeting. Um, And now suddenly the old old board members are leaving Mm -hmm. and we are going up another step. Oh, So you're slowly growing, but it still feels really scary.
0: (laughs) But Emma told me about this, like it's always been that way.
3: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. It usually works out.
0: (laughs) It works out. Regarding achievements, I, I wanted to ask okay. something um, because you already mentioned um, a bit of what you've been doing, um, but I would like to know if there is other kind of achievement you have been talking with authorities. Uh, something else that you would uh, say regarding things that you have achieved in this very fast uh, growth in four, year, four years? it's. Been a lot,
2: Um, a lot of things I'm really proud of and really positively surprised by uh, the engagement. Um, And here at SLU, to take a local example, we had. we started with a petition here uh, back in 2018 and collected some 1200 names and there are n- not super many students at slu so that's quite a big proportion of all the names and uh, and uh, we like um, uh, collaborated with the environmental manager and now slu has really ambitious climate goals way more ambitious than they had uh, earlier um so we're actually seeing on a lot of uh, different universities that they're adopting goals to be climate um, close to zero by, I don't know. Uh, sooner and sooner, I guess. Sooner and sooner. And uh, we keep pushing because we still, have very few universities has uh, the goal to be close to zero by 2030, which is what we are mm-hmm. demanding. Mm-hmm. Um, but that we're actually seeing these changes and that we're being listened to. Mm. Um, there's also this uh, climate framework uh, in Sweden that uh, came about I think in 2018 as well. Um, so this thing is like coming from, both the researcher uh, way, like researchers are also mobilizing mm-hmm. and the students and the environmental managers and that we've managed to get in on those collaborations and have a say and um, always pushing um, them to be in line with their own science. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, like concrete goals, the, the uh, um,
0: you know, advocacy. <laughs>
2: <thing>. <laughs> uh, and uh, just all the local groups that have formed and that we've been able to support, and uh, who wants to be part of this. I think that's a, a, a great success that uh, we managed to create a movement where people want to be involved and that they can get also a platform to do something really hands on where they're studying. Uh, get contacts. Get a way mm-hmm. to feel empowered to just act then
3: and there. Like, okay, yeah. you wanna act? Do it. Start tomorrow. Start today. Yeah, I, I was gonna say because you have a better grasp of like the achievements and stuff because I've only been here for a few months. But one of the things I thought about now is like there are a lot of international students in the local groups too, and we have some in the board. And people people come from so many different places that they're like, oh, in my home country it's like this, and in my home country it's like this, and then they like compare, mm. and it's so interesting to see like different perspectives being brought in, and because everybody has s- such a different like perspective behind them, and it's nice to see them like apply it to climate mm. students. Maybe that's not like a pinpointed mm. um, achievement, but it's still like having people from so many different places around the world bring their worldview into it.
2: Yeah. Something I'm I'm also proud of is that we've, through all of these years, managed to keep this kind of narrow focus, mm-hmm. uh, which I think makes Climate Students different from a lot of other environmental organizations that has a more broad sustainability focus, mm-hmm. which is also very important. But uh, from the start, we were like, okay, we're working with the university's emissions. That's mm-hmm. what we're doing. That's our focus. And having this narrow focus has really enabled us to make this change because we focus on, we know what forms we need to be in, we know the laws or the uh, government directives we want to impact. It's been like uh, really helpful to keep it this narrow and that mm-hmm. we managed to, to keep doing that because it's like sometimes we get the reaction... Why are you focusing on that? Just
1: like you know, there's so many
2: other things. Exactly, we yeah. like, yeah, but this is what we want to change, and yeah. uh, I think it's that's part of our success that we have had
1: a quite narrow focus. Yeah, and so it makes it also feasible. Mm-hmm. Definitely, Because yeah. yeah. like how I got aware of you was that um, some of your colleagues or. Are- other uh, climate student, they were on campus um, looking for more members and also looking for people to sign the petition that the universities are pushed to not fly. So when they have to travel somewhere like within. 500 kilometer radius that they should take another yeah. transportation way. So I was like, oh, yeah, it's feasible, it makes sense, because then it's direct pressure, you kind of like. Will you way out of it
3: no exactly yeah. and that's the thing with the pro- uh, climate movement it's some there's like a lot of greenwashing and very mm-hmm. like vague directives mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so like it's 20
1: really to 50,
2: helpful
3: 50 something's gonna happen yeah mm-hmm. but yeah. what about
2: tomorrow yeah. Yeah. we are
3: like we are sustainable how <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah but it's uh, the thing of being like really narrow is really mm-hmm. helpful in the board too because we get a lot of emails and a lot of requests and it's a good way to like so out like okay which ones are actually focusing on what we're doing because mm-hmm. sometimes we just get like, hi, can I talk to you about sustainability or um, can you promote our sustainability event? And we're, So we have to be like, okay, but does this actually focus on what we mm-hmm. want to do? Because otherwise we can get overwhelmed.
1: Yes. Yeah. And um, you mentioned that SLU was quite cooperative, but have you heard from other local groups that it was difficult to implement change in universities with university management? I think generally the the smaller, newer
2: universities mm-hmm. has been more um, fast moving and like um, easier to get in contact mm-hmm. with the vice chancellors, etc. And uh, I think they've been really. Uh, Yeah, uh, really good in meeting us. But like the bigger, old, prestigious Mm -hmm. universities, you know, Uppsala, Lund. Traditional mm -hmm. universities. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't even think the Uppsala group, and they were one of the first ones, has had a meeting with the vice chancellor yet. Mm -hmm. And like all the other groups got it within a month or two. Mm -hmm. Um, So, yeah, that's been kind of... Uh, I would say the, the bigger ones with more like rigid old, nah, 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 structure things. Um, I think Uppsala is also one of the few universities that hasn't signed the. Yeah. Um, the ranking? No, the no, not the ranking. They were in the ranking, but the, uh, you know, it. the climate framework. Mm. <laughs> yeah, and uh, or they didn't sign it. I think they were like. 30 something universities signing it straight away and they were one of the few who Mm. who didn't uh, and referred to process technical something um yeah so that's what i would say but it's like so i think those groups have a a bit more
3: work to Mm. get through Yeah. yeah i've heard like with the ranking group it's uh They have to do a lot of nagging, (laughs) Uh but there's a there's a purpose behind it, so you don't exactly feel bad about it either. Mm. Like this is important; it's something that needs to be Mm. done. Mm.
2: And I think also to get in contact with um, other parts of the university. Mm. So at bigger universities, such as for example Uppsala, very much may be governed on an institutional level. Mm. So then you can a lot of change can happen and an. on an institutional level, uh, going ahead of the whole university. Uh, and yeah.
1: So, like departments, mm-hmm. focusing mm. on departments. Mm. Mm. Yeah. I also read that one achievement was that the Department of Biology and Engineering at some university, uh, that the air department should only offer vegetarian food. Oh, mm.
2: yeah, that's, that's cool news to me yeah
1: <laughs> me too
3: <laughs> yeah but the local groups work really hard so yeah. everything that they do is incredible because mm-hmm. I know um, I'm, in, I'm in another like sustainability department at Uppsala mm-hmm. and I know that they have why like yeah they also they're also aware that the Uppsala University as an institution has they really like yeah procedures and rigid like you said mm. and that makes it really difficult cuz it kind of puts themselves put themselves on a pedestal sometimes mm. i think that's an issue with many of these like old universities like that's just my personal opinion i'm going to say that but like that they're that the students are so far away from them, like from not exactly like class level, but like they have the expertise and we're just, we don't know anything. Mm -hmm. Maybe Mm. that sounds weird, but you know, maybe like Mm. they're high and prestigious and we're just down here yelling and nagging at them. We don't know how difficult it is to run an organization maybe. Mm -hmm. So I definitely understand why the newer universities maybe are easier to target or work with. One other
2: thing that really makes a difference uh, at the universities is that, for example, at SLU, there's this whole environmental team. I think there are maybe five or six employees working with SLU's Mm -hmm. um, emissions and such, um, when other way bigger universities has like one employee of 20%. So a lot of... uh, how easy it is for climate students group Mm. to to get in contact with them and to get help like okay who to contact next and what can we do together really depends on how much resources the university puts on the employees for these things Um, which is also one thing that we have been talking about in the past, that's really important for us to impact and for local groups that doesn't even have an environmental manager at a big university. Be like, okay, we need to get that. We need Mm -hmm. to pay someone to work with this.
0: And um, I wanted to ask you about what surprised you um, in terms of policies that you've been looking at in different universities, because you started with this observation that there are universities teaching about sustainability, talking about sustainability, but not doing that much or not at all, maybe. So when you've been looking more into what's going on in the universities, there are things that especially surprise you? I was
2: surprised to find out um, it's really good because Uppsala University did this uh, um, mapping of their emissions and Mm -hmm. came to the conclusion that uh, just by being employed at Uppsala University, you have you emit eight tons mm-hmm. uh, per person, which is uh, way more j- just through your job, like oh. being a researcher or whatever. Like on average, it's eight tons. And like to put that into perspective, we need to go down to one ton or, or less per person, you know. Uh, so imagine that's just your work life mm-hmm. and then you have your personal life so it's a lot of emissions that we're we're dealing with here
1: that was crazy yes <laughs> well now it's time for the emoji moment yeah
0: <laughs> something special from our podcast yeah
1: <laughs> <laughs> so we have like three typical emojis the happy emoji the funny emoji and the sad emoji if you want to relate to one or all of them mm, just in general or in general in your life or when you are working with what you realized or when you thought like oh that's actually quite funny or (laughs) Um, yeah I can go one that's like almost
3: all three of them Mm -hmm. Um, because since we have an election coming up there are some board members leaving Mm -hmm. and some are the, those that are, that are staying are quite nervous about it so one of our uh, old board members he's a wonderful person um he held like a pep talk during our last board meeting he mm-hmm. was on zoom and he was on the metro <laughs> at the same time <laughs> but he was giving like a really like, almost like inspirational speech mm-hmm. and it actually moved me a little bit like oh you guys are doing so good this is so important and you're gonna do this you're gonna do so great so yeah I felt really emotional mm-hmm. <laughs> and I started laughing because we were like this is a board meeting what yeah. is this <laughs> but still made me really happy and excited to like keep going because before I was like also really nervous but when you have other people encouraging you mm-hmm. it's really helpful actually it was really fun yeah yeah
1: oh, okay.
2: Uh, yeah okay I think I'll go with um, uh, the the happy emoji Um, yeah because I think that we need to be happy in this situation and keep having fun Mm -hmm. while trying to change basically everything about uh, society to make it go from unsustainable to sustainable and that's a lot of work but at the same time as we're trying to create a better future for ourselves and for coming generations and all the other living beings and humans that we're sharing this planet with, Uh, we're living our lives Mm. now. And I think the best way to try to make that change is doing it while being as happy as you can and surrounding yourself with people that share your values and want the
3: same thing, because that has really made me happy
0: <laughs> Yeah, and I
3: think also like I said before it's important to avoid this kind of apathy that you can mm. get if you just focus on the negative all the time mm. it's really important to focus on your achievements and what is going well
1: yeah I I've already uh... Sorry, That's what I've realized right now in that uh, in these couple of minutes we've been talking is that how positive you are, that yeah. you turn something negative into something positive. Like, look, we can do something. There are possibilities because often you feel like, oh, mm. yeah, we're at a lose end. But mm. it's been very positive.
3: Yeah, because yeah. you can't live that negative. I think that's it. Because I... I've had a lot of philosophical journeys about doing, <laughs> when, doing like my climate engagement um, and come to the conclusion like, yeah, you can be worried, but you shouldn't focus on that because there are so many movies and articles and they just focus on how bad everything is. But like, okay, do they give, they don't give any like, okay, who is responsible? Mm. What are the main like theoretical issues with this? What are the main practical issues with it? Yeah. It's just pointing the finger at everybody at the same time Mm. it's sort of it looks more like a scare tactic Mm. so i think it's really powerful to be happy too and just show that you can't scare our like engagement away either no
2: no and like to get people involved like yeah people don't want to be depressed (laughs) and have a boring time no no, exactly Uh, yeah and uh, something i find really important is to keep both ends of the spectrum to be very positive and and try to see the the positive parts uh, while being engaged while still not compromising with the with daring to see how how urgent things are and what needs to be done, Mm -hmm. so to be able to keep both those things in your mind at the same time. uh, That's something I find really important, so that it doesn't just become this broad sustainability, da-da-da, and we miss our goals, and we Mm -hmm. miss the... like We need to acknowledge that we have this biophysical reality and that we have a certain amount of carbon left to emit, and Mm -hmm. if we cross that border, then it's crossed, kind of. Uh, So to not be like, no, everything is fine, not positive in that sense, you know? Yes,
3: more like encouraging each other and, yeah.
2: Yeah,
0: Yeah, and I have this feeling maybe that some people see uh, doing something as really difficult, and maybe thinking it would be a lot of a, a stress to my life to join something like that. So it's it's really nice to hear that you have this approach. Mm.
3: Yeah. Yeah, I can I can maybe think that maybe when you started it, it was a lot, like you said, not a lot of studying <laughs> was done. But for now, it's yeah, it's not putting that much pressure on my life. Um, it's fine. And it's more of something that I kind of look forward to because this is something I really care about and I feel the need to do something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And we have the people working really hard on some of, the, some of the projects, but they do it because they feel a purpose to do yeah. it. So it's not, oh, I have to do this because otherwise everybody's going to die. But it's, yeah. <laughs> it's more like I want to do this because mm-hmm. I want to help.
0: Yeah. Um, is there any other project that you would like to mention that you are uh, working on currently?
2: It would be if you have, or like, I'm in the election committee, we're currently, next week we're going to start interviewing for the new board members. So that's going to be really interesting. Yeah. Um, and uh, hopefully find six new colleagues for you guys.
3: Yeah, for us to teach. Me. Yeah,
2: <laughs> yeah,
3: exactly, exactly. Yeah, uh, yeah. I think I've talked about the biggest projects we have more, but there some of them have to go had to go like on ice due to the pandemic, mm-hmm. um, which was really sad because many of them were really like up and going. Um, but that also means that we can like focus our like engagement on other projects and put more effort into that. Yeah, something we can
2: mention that we've been doing every year since it started is this national conference, which has uh, also really contributed to a feeling of sense of community uh, between the local groups in Sweden because then we've collected representatives from all the local groups at one place. The first year we were here at SLU in Uppsala, and the second year we were in Lund, and
0: then there were Pandemic, so online. Mm. Um, yeah, I did,
2: yeah.
0: And now you mentioned funding. It's really difficult to find it here. Uh,
2: that was something I was surprised by also
0: because we
2: needed a kind of a lot of money to, <laughs> <laughs> to have these conferences. Uh, and we wanted to be able to make it free for the students mm-hmm. because mm. they already share so much of their time and maybe students all don't always have a lot of money and <laughs> um, so we wanted to cover all the expenses for travel and accommodation and everything um, but yeah I was really positively surprised by the engagement from from other organizations and from from companies so I just email them hey da, 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 we're doing this and this and this we want this and this and this amount of money and a lot of people just immediately chipped in. And like, oh, wow. You can have 10,000 from us, 20,000 from us. Uh, Great. Yeah. <laughs> so it's been, it is like a bit of work to get in touch. And of course, you need to build some trust. And uh, so they know that their money is actually going to be used in a good way. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think once you establish that, there is a lot of general... Uh, like, want from other actors to support
0: uh, sustainability initiatives,
2: mm-hmm. I would say.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And and also I, I wanted to ask you about uh, Sweden as a country where students are taking actions uh, regarding climate change, for instance. Um, well, probably in many countries they know what uh, Greta Thunberg has been doing in, in in relation to this. Uh, in your opinion, do you think there's something special going on in Sweden? It's about the education uh, people receive here or something else that it's making students take actions or is something that you could also relate to other countries? What, what, what do you think about this?
3: Mm, um, I'm not really sure, but one of the things that uh, I know has been on the agenda a lot is um, like the equality and equity question, because we have the indigenous Sami people in the north, and often when people talk about sustainability, like when we come to the question of greenwashing, Mm. they're like, oh, we want to implement, like, for example, this is just speculative, but like, uh, yeah, uh, hydropower many 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 of those already lie in like the sami territory um so that's been that's been the kind of focus in sweden i think for at least the sustainability movement um but otherwise i'm not really sure one thing that i think about at least as someone who is engaged in the question in sweden is that we have very different experiences because we don't really make a mark internationally for being like environmentally bad, I would say. I mean, we're mm-hmm. still a, pr- a pretty, like, rich country <laughs> in the Western world. But you have a, in, other, in different countries, like, when, where they're actually experiencing way harsher conditions from the climate uh, change and maybe have, like, a government that isn't supportive at all mm-hmm. of it. It's very different, I think, on those levels, like the metrological and governmental levels. Um, but I don't think that's specific to Sweden. I think that's more regional in the world, like in the north and maybe like Western Europe or, yeah.
2: Yeah, I think we have really good prerequisites in Sweden to to spend our time with uh, trying to create change because we, you know, we have the welfare system. So Mm. everyone is is doing pretty okay, like compared to many other places. And Mm. we have a well-functioning democracy. Um, So, like, of course, there are other big questions in Sweden as well, Mm. but in terms of, like, urgent uh, issues that we need to handle in our daily life, like, um, yeah, if you live under really poor conditions, maybe you don't have the spare time to to get involved in these Mm. things, but I think that Mm. uh, generally speaking, and of course that differs very much also within Sweden, but on a general
3: level that maybe we just have good prerequisites to mm-hmm. to think about these things and there's to, yeah, yeah there's space to act on it cuz i know like Extinction Rebellion and other activist groups have when they have protests in like stockholm they don't get <laughs> they don't get like uh, like taken away or something like they mm. are allowed mm. to do that they are allowed to stop traffic people are going to think it's a bother but they are allowed to and I think that's really important that they're not that you shouldn't have to be afraid to say mm. what you think or
0: stand for something that you care about. Yeah, you can't say this to all the countries in the world. Yeah.
3: No, exactly. No, because it's not just like that's the thing about like the sustainability question too. It's not just stop like forestry because for in some countries maybe that's a major income for some people. Mm. Uh, it's always so important to get all of these perspectives in Mm. Mm. and I think those very very different from country to country or even region to region like in the like places in Sweden maybe where maybe they depend on forestry for um, yeah just development of the municipality or something Mm.
2: yeah I think also what you were into like uh, freedom of speech we Mm. have that really like deep ingrained mm. in our culture that we're not really afraid of uh, the government coming in taking us or
1: something. it's <laughs> yeah.
2: like in our institution
0: yes yeah. Like in constitution. An act- yeah, sorry no but i was saying being an activist in here it's something that it's not dangerous as in is as it might be in other countries yeah. no
2: no and that's why also i think it's so important that countries like sweden who that has these prerequisite also mm. move ahead of of other countries Mm -hmm. and both that and based on historical emissions that we don't just do the bare minimum for Mm -hmm. what is needed on a global level but actually acknowledge that okay we have this opportunity now Mm -hmm. we have these very well functioning systems other countries does not have that currently they might need to spend more focus on that so let's Mm -hmm. do what we can and do it faster
3: yeah, and just a comment on the like easier to be an actor is that's coming from us as two <laughs> white women too, mm-hmm. so that might differ differ very much depending on like your ethnicity or Definitely. just socioeconomic yeah. background too. Mm-hmm. So I shouldn't be putting words in their mouth, but in general, like you said, yeah, yeah, very much in general.
1: That's very interesting points. <laughs> <laughs> um, and sadly, we're coming to an end. Uh, so do you have any goals for the future? With the organization or just in general? Personal and with this organization? Um, for me, it's just, I think, when the old
3: board members leave to keep going and, like, achieve many of the, like more things than i have right now and actually make a mark in the board it would be really cool to say like wow we did this thing yes mm-hmm. yeah especially now that like the mentors are disappearing <laughs> oh no me. no like no like we are becoming the mentors exactly. and stuff. it's really exciting but just yeah. to be able to manage manage that and do mm-hmm. something with it that's i think that's my goal and making my thesis.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
3: <laughs> <Yes>.
0: <laughs> I agree.
2: Yeah. 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 What about you? I I don't know. I think like the ten years that are ahead of us now to like twenty thirty two are gonna be like um, really really important for the coming hundreds of thousands of years. You know, mm-hmm. depending on how how we manage to get down our emissions if we pass some kind of thresholds and like everything is so insecure at the moment and it's kind of baffling to realize that this this year these very few years that we have ahead of us that we're just happening to be living now and be in a position to be able to act so yeah my goal would be to uh, not have a climate chaos, <laughs> <laughs> and to reach the climate goals. Yeah, yeah, very, very small, <laughs> small <goals.
1: laughs>
2: yeah.
0: Yeah. 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 easy to achieve.
1: Yeah. Yes, I'll do that. <laughs> no goal. sweat. Yes, exactly. <laughs>
0: goal or dr- or dreams. Um. Hopefully, goals. Yes. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And for the last question, do you have any inspiration for our listeners? Hmm.
2: For all the students, you can, of course, if you're in Sweden, get in contact with us and uh, join in, in either on a local level or uh, on the national level as well. And also for international movement or international students, I can uh, uh, advise you to look at Climate Students Movement, which is our international branch. and get in contact with them because this is not only happening in Sweden
3: but also in a lot of other countries around the world. Mm -hmm. And I would recommend as just as something that was really important for me was like the idea of like climate psychology Mm -hmm. because climate anxiety is really tough to deal with so just like get educated is really important. And maybe you don't have to go to a higher institution, you can just mm. like watch YouTube videos or something. There are a lot of helpful resources online. Mm. And and like you said, reach out to other people because it's more helpful than you might think. Mm. Like the course I took with the people from the climate psychologists in Sweden was extremely helpful. So education is really, really important. Mm. And not just a boring, you have to get educated, it's your responsibility way, but it's fun to meet other people who are like-minded. Yeah.
2: Yeah. And also something that really helps me when when I can get overwhelmed Mm -hmm. with the magnitude of what we need to do is just to remind myself that, okay, I'm doing these things and there are a bazillion other people working on other pro- um, problems, mm-hmm. uh, like we're focusing on universities, mm-hmm. other people are focusing on the food system and that all of these things are happening simultaneously. Uh, I think that's inspiring.
0: Thank you very much. Um, and thank you for your recommendations as well. Um, yeah. Uh, so, Emma, Rosanna, uh, thank you for being part of this episode and also to our listeners, right, for following us, for listening to our, our podcast. And, uh, yeah, hope to see you next opportunity. Yes.
1: Thank you so, so much. Thank you so much thank for you. having us.
0: Thank you. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> Bye-bye. Bye. 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 Thank you for listening to Undercover Heroes, a podcast supported by Mr. Environmental Communication and the Division of Environmental Communication at SLU.